This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. The Hog Sports Network presents the basketball podcast of Mid-America, the premier Arkansas hoops podcast covering the Razorbacks men's and women's teams. Here's your host, WholeHogSports.com basketball analyst, Scotty Bordelon. Welcome into the basketball podcast of Mid-America. It is December 19th, and Arkansas and Eric Musselman are 7-4, and four, but it doesn't feel that way. Um, me and Ethan went down to North Little Rock over the weekend. Ethan covered Arkansas's women's game. Arkansas's women won. Um, they beat Stanford, or Samford, excuse me. I've got Stanford on the brain. I think I'm mentally still in the Bahamas. Um, it's almost been a month, but I feel like I'm still there. Um, Arkansas, Arkansas's men closed the doubleheader in North Little Rock at Simmons Bank Arena. Um, it was a win. I don't know how much more you can say than that. I mean, unless you just want to like get into the nitty gritty of, of what exactly happened at the end of the day, win is a win. Arkansas is seven and four, uh, on the men's side, but, um, I think this is going to be my weekly, um, time when I'm like. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, and I think it's it's true probably for for both teams uh, at the moment because Arkansas's women won comfortably, but maybe not impressively. And then Arkansas, um, Arkansas's men looked like they were really taking care of business. I was really close to having my game story ready with about twelve minutes left, eleven or twelve minutes left, and then the whole thing I just had to scrap it and pretty much start all over. Um, it was kind of a typical Arkansas game down in central Arkansas. Like if you, you go back to all the times that Arkansas has played in North Little Rock, especially uh, we'll just go with, with Eric Musselman's tenure. I mean, you've got the Valpo game that you needed an Adrio Bailey block toward the end. Uh, you lose to Hofstra and Bebe um, and Aaron Estrada, who's now at, at Alabama. Last year against Bradley was as comfortable as comfortable gets in terms of wins in, in, in central Arkansas. And then Arkansas got up by 20 a couple of times midway through the second half. And then Arkansas needed um, Owen McCormack of, of Lipscomb to you know miss a pretty good look from three to, to avoid going to overtime and potentially dropping um, its second game in central Arkansas in three years. So what do we make what do we make of this of this team at this point i mean they're 7 and 4 overall you got another game against abilene christian coming up on thursday arkansas is going to be back at home for the first time in what feels like forever um i guess since the Furman game right um what do you what do you make of of this team right now joe lenardi doesn't have it in the field of uh, field of 64 or 68 for the second second update in a row that i've seen maybe more than that um what do you what do you got, man? Because I'm I'm kind of stumped, and I do, I'm kind of with Eric Musselman. I asked him the other day uh, to close his his post game press conference. I was like, does this situation that you're in right now feel at all similar to you know maybe some of the past teams that have had to turn things around? And he said, this is it's completely different. This team doesn't have traits of of past teams. Yeah, not only do they like you're talking about bracketology, but ESPN does. Um... Not only are they not in the field of six day, they don't even have them on like on the bubble right now. So there's uh, always like the the first four out and the next four out. So that gives you eight more teams. That means I guess they're saying they're they have Arkansas below seventy. Well, I mean, 
70 that would make the tournament you got to think about there's a lot of automatic qualifiers in that 68 number but i mean they're not even scratching the bubble according to espn um i i do think they'll be like i think we said this last week i i I expect them to be a tournament team by the end of the year i just i just don't think that there's like like i said last week i just just red flags flying everywhere i don't think this is a team like the past couple ones that can make a sweet 16 push at all but i do expect them by the end of the year to figure out enough to probably be a tournament team but i mean right now have have has there ever been an eric musselman team that this close to conference play you're not seeing them even on the bubble i mean i don't i don't think so i mean i go back to a couple of years ago um when Arkansas lost to Oklahoma and then they lost to Hofstra. I mean, I think that's but that team was that team was like preseason number ten in the country. So they had and that the Oklahoma game that they lost was their first loss of the year. Yeah. Um so I think they had built up some some goodwill and so a couple of losses. I think it may have knocked them out of the poll. Um definitely knocked them out after the the Hofstra loss. Um Last year was, you know, it was a it was a headache throughout the entire season for Eric, just trying to figure out um, availability with guys. And then, you know, I feel like they kind of knew who they were, but it was still a struggle, even though they knew who they were and what they wanted to do. It was just like a matter of like, can they do it? Yeah. On, on a given night. I just feel like the difference right now with this year from how it's felt in years past, and everybody keeps on trying to bring up like, oh, Eric's always been able to like under him, always been able to figure it out. And like he even, I mean, he even alluded at it during his press conference after the game of just like y'all can't just keep on saying that like each team is different. But like I think the main difference is this year you're walking into SEC play like in years past they've fallen behind like early in SEC play and that's where like the grace period was like of oh let them figure it out. Right now it's like you need to go into conference play and you need to start winning some games. Like like they don't have like I guess that buffer that they've had in years past of like. The, the ability to, to not, like, they need to finish probably top top half of the conference for sure, top half, maybe uh, push toward the top, because right now the resume just, it just doesn't do it. I mean, it's crazy. I would have told you you were a liar if before the season I said we'd sit here after, is it after 11 games, and say, hey, they've beaten Duke, but their resume, it just isn't pulling it right now. Like, yeah. it's just been that type of weird year. It's like, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's just this team has shown so many bright spots but like still searching for a 40 minute game still searching for like a not only just a 40 minute game searching for like back-to-back like good not not maybe not back-to-back 40 minute games but back-to-back just strong showings like when was the last time that the team put together consecutive just impressive i mean i say yeah, it maybe it may be like the first couple of games of the season like actual like regular season you probably games. need to pick yeah. purdue exhibition rolling into alcorn state that's the last Maybe time so. i saw the team that i was like oh this is a great team yeah i'm scotty borderline by the way i'm really bad at introducing people including myself happy to have ethan westerman here um, blake sutton is producing um and we've got snoop on a stoop here he's trying to up the vibes i think with everything going on and um he's just chilling so um, good to have him along too. He's the one trying to remind us all just to to stay chill. Yeah, it's hard to be sad with Snoop around. You know, he he spreads joy and, and merriment this time of year for sure. I have to point out on his little like, I don't know what you call it, hanging from his like 
like there's just an it's SD. Just little sunglasses medallion, yeah. His sunglasses medallion is just like a chain SD. Um, I don't know. I, it's like the normal Santa just wears SC, but I like that touch. Um, he's definitely bringing good vibes here on this day where we probably all just need to take one out of his book and just kind of, you know, just be a little more chill about how things are going, maybe not overreact too much. You know, obviously I can't touch him. I don't know how he got here, but you can't touch him. Um, but I was told that you can take his sunglasses off. And he's also, I'm looking at the the back of his little shirt and it's just Velcro. You can take the shirt, you can take the shirt off too. And he's just in his Snoop Claus outfit. So, um, hopefully he, hopefully he brings some, some good vibes and like, like Blake said, some, some cheer and some merriment because I'm not, not really finding much, uh, at the moment. And that kind of leads me to a point, me and Bob, uh, and Curtis Wilkerson at 24-7, we drove down to North Little Rock on Saturday, and we're walking out of we're walking out of Simmons Bank back to my car, and I, I legitimately had like a moment where my heart like fell into my stomach because I wrote a um, I wrote a kind of an analysis of the game the other night, and I wasn't sure if I put I wasn't sure if I wrote that Arkansas won the game or lost the game. And like, it was kind of my headline. I, I I went back and looked. It was analyzing Arkansas's 69-66 win over Lipscomb, uh, but I wasn't sure like in the actual body of the story if I said if they won the game or not. But I did write like, I don't know that there's under Eric been a game where a win felt like more of a loss, and like maybe the only other game that I can point to was in conference play, maybe last season. Uh, Arkansas went to South Carolina and they just they barely won. And I think they may have trailed in that game uh, in the last minute and needed some needed some pretty pretty opportune stuff to happen. It did happen. Um, can y'all think of another one? I mean, is 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 there a game that's escaping me? I, th- I kind of went through a list of I pulled up Ken Palma, kind of went through the schedule the other day, but I I really can't think of one that that, one, that, that- made me feel a certain way about this team, maybe in a not so positive way, even though they did win. That that one really comes to mind because uh, South Carolina was the worst team in the SEC last year. And I think Arkansas ended up winning that game by like one point, one or two points. It was super close at the end. And um, Arkansas needed to make some, some free throws down the stretch to even win that game. But wasn't it like a week later they beat Kentucky at Rupp? It was the next game. Yeah, the next yeah, yeah. the very next game. So yeah. yeah, that was that was strange. But like like Eric says, every game is different, it takes on its own identity. I think what we're um I let off my sidebar the other night with kind of what you mentioned a minute ago of um, you know, Eric's not holding on to the mindset as of right now that this team is gonna get it figured out just because other teams have. And when Eric Eric has not said that to this point. Like he's he's obviously said every team's got its own identity and personality. Um, but I think his past teams at this point, they kind of had a personality and an identity. They just maybe weren't following through on a lot of things. Like in your opinion, like what is the team's personality at this point? Or what is what is its identity other than we don't we don't really know if this this team is is I don't think they're connected. And I wrote on the board the other day. Um, somebody brought somebody started a thread. It was called "State of the Team," and they're just like, 
somebody tell me what I'm saying or, or what you're saying. And I'm like, I have not, I'm not around the team all the time. And so I don't know what the problem is, but I've been present for every game. I've been at every game. And I really think that there's an, an energy and a personality issue with this group. Like, I don't, like, I think Jeremiah Davenport's the energy guy. And he's the guy that's maybe bringing some, bringing some, some life on the bench. And when he's gotten into the game and he's played pretty well, I think that energizes the whole team. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where, like, the leadership is coming from. Like, I think you've got guys, obviously, and y'all probably agree with this because we've identified them several times in the past, like guys who can lead, but, like, where is it? Where is it? And, like, does the team have an alpha? All of those things. Um, what is what is this group's identity right now? Or, and, like, is that the biggest issue? I'd say right now that would that's kind of what I've been pinpointing as maybe the like the number one issue is just like you don't know what the, you just don't have a feel for this to you since when do we look 11 games into a season and be like what is the feel of this team like who is what is the, there's just not an identity yet um I think that can develop over over conference but I really do think that by the end of the year like like this won't be I don't expect this to be a problem for the whole year um it's just I think that maybe this is a year where you just have so many new faces, which he always does, and it seems like they figured out, I guess, a little bit of an identity by by this point. But it's just I don't know. It it seems like nobody. It's all these older guys who just yeah can't figure it out with each other. It's like maybe they've been around the same teammates for so much of their careers that now it's like shocking some of them, like trying to figure out new people and what their role is. Um, Right now, I'd say their identity is not really. I mean, it's not clear. It's hard to. It's hard to give one. It's like, um, and their wins. I can give you some in their wins. And their wins, they're the team that can, like, the that can knock down threes in important times. That can uh, defend and take the best player out of the game. Um, at least limit them. Uh, they can defend a lot better than they do in some of these other games. I mean, it's it, that's what I'm saying. That's why there's not an identity, though, is I'm saying that's only in the games that, are, like, the lights are on the brightest for some reason, um, like the Duke game. Or, it's so weird. We need, honestly need to just start, like, dropping talking about Purdue, but I'm going to still talk about it because let's not act like that wasn't, like, a big stage for them. Um, it's like in these games, they're – they've got an identity and then the moment that it's like an opponent that you're like like a Lipscomb or um Stanford even in the Bahamas it's like the moment that it's somebody that you're kind of like maybe have a tendency to just kind of like I don't want to say overlook but it's not the same as playing Duke or something like the, the moment that happens it's like what is the identity and I'm not seeing anything that I saw in those other games but yeah Blake, it's do you have any thoughts on scramble, on, man? I mean, you were at the the Oklahoma game again. Shout out to your dad for the the really good seats. I've had the thought for a long time now, um, and I finally wrote it down in that message board post or response that I, I mentioned a minute ago. I'm somewhere between when I watch this team in pregame warmups, like either they're really locked in and really focused, or it's a group of guys that don't particularly like to be around each other. And I'm not saying that there's internal stuff going on, um, but I just see a lot of 
kind of going through the motions, and I didn't figure 11 games into the year with this older, more mature group that that I would see that. Yeah, and, you know, we, we kind of touched on it last week just about the inability to overcome adversity. And you mentioned the Oklahoma game. Yeah, up to the – up to the with the first 12 minutes of the game, it was a really tight game. And then it was like as soon as Oklahoma started to go on a run, it was over. And um, the other night when Arkansas got up, what was it, 19, 20 points with like nine minutes left in the game, I started thinking like, oh, this game's this game's getting kind of boring. I was getting ready for a Christmas party, and I thought, I'm just going to go get ready. I'm not going to watch <laughs> this anymore. And um, Surprise. And then, yeah, and then Lipscomb goes on a crazy run, 19-2 to two run or something crazy like that. But it was kind of the same issue. It was like as soon as, as soon as their shots stop falling and as soon as they give up a few buckets, they just kind of break down. And there's you mentioned leadership earlier. There still isn't that person that's going to kind of rally the team and say, all right, we gotta, we got to tighten things up. we got to get better looks. we got to defend better. I remember a couple times it was two different players in the second half. Brazil did it once and Devo did it once. They're off ball. And the ball handler goes around the guy they're defending. And literally, Brazil and Devo both did this. They're flat-footed, and they're just watching the ball handler just go right by them. And they're not making any effort to get in front of them. They're not making any effort to swat the ball away. They're literally just standing there watching him go by, just, you know, uncontested to the basket. And, yeah, to me, that's an that's an effort thing, and it's just a, a lack of buy-in thing right now. So we'll we'll see if that changes, but... Ethan, you also mentioned about like they these guys seemingly need a big stage to perform at the highest level. Maybe that starts with conference play, and you've got Auburn coming up by Walton. That should be a good atmosphere, but who knows? The other thing I'm I'm a little worried about is you said Arkansas is seven and four right now. They've got Abilene Christian and UNC Wilmington left in non-conference. UNC Wilmington already beat Kentucky this year at Rupp. At Rupp, that's yeah. not a guaranteed W. Let's say Arkansas wins both those games. They're sitting at nine and four going into conference play. You got eighteen conference games. I think it'd be pretty generous to predict that Arkansas would go five hundred, go nine and nine. So that puts you at, at um, eighteen, 18 and, and thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. Going into the SEC tournament, I think I think right now Lunardi and those other guys are right to not have Arkansas on the field. Eighteen and thirteen with losses to with loss to UNC Greensboro. And that's, that's being not gonna cut it. that's being generous of what are those if you go five hundred in conference? Yeah. Like, do you have any signature wins, or are you saying, oh, we went five hundred? You're just beating beat. up on the teams that you should. Yeah, I mean, it's it's right now. There's no margin for error. The rest of non-conference, like you cannot lose, you cannot slip up to Abilene or UNC Wilmington because if you do that, I genuinely think you have to go into conference play and win yourself. Shoot. <laughs> go ahead and scale your concern or your worry with this team one to ten. I'm going to go a solid 8.5. I think I'm in the same place. Uh, for the worry factor about yeah. not making the tournament? Yeah. Or just I mean, like this, this this group just won't figure it out. That's a possibility. You know, a lot of I see a lot of fans saying like, oh, this has happened before and they'll figure it out. They might not. And Arkansas might just not have a good year in basketball. I mean, it happens. Our, we've had our, Arkansas has had a ton of success. The past few years, back-to-back elite eights, Sweet 16, we all know that. That doesn't necessarily mean that this particular team is going to figure it out and make it to the tournament and make a run. Sometimes that just doesn't happen, and that that could be the case this year. Arkansas might just miss out and 
chalk it up as a bad season. And here's my thing too. What really like like talking about it just being a bad year, like I completely agree. Like that that just happens. But what worries me about that is last year it was like honestly they were lucky to make a sweet sixteen run. Like let's just say it. Like with that team they had last year, that took a lot of like there's no luck to I guess having it like finishing in the top sixteen, but the how they got there, you I don't think they could have done it again just with the team they had. It was like kind of took a, like a nice just miracle run at the end, beating Kansas and everything. What worries me is that like last year with that team, you're saying, oh, might need to go back to just like transfer heavy. Like it was just a bunch of freshmen who are clearly talented, but like it's not gelling. Like you need these older guys on the big scene, like to, to have the type of year that you want to like ultimately have. Then this year, go the route of going and getting these really talented transfers that are older guys. And then you're having this. You're like, what worries me is like, what is what do you do? if this year doesn't pan out, if they don't figure things out, they don't make, like, what do you do moving forward? Like, what is, like, the strategy as far as, like, team composition slash do you... Yeah, what do you look for the next time you're trying to build a roster? You, is that what you're saying? Yeah, are you trying to are you trying to do things the same way you did maybe that second year under Musselman where there were, like, a couple old guys, but then there were a lot of returners? I don't know. It's just you wonder if this year doesn't pan out, like what, what that does to kind of the blueprint that has worked. I think we're going to take a break. I think we need one. And then on the other side of the break, we're going to do um, an airing of grievances. I think I've got a few things written down that I feel like I need to get off my chest. Um, and then this is the last pod we're going to do before Christmas. And so I think each of us um, have got a couple things for this basketball team. Um, kind of like the family member who doesn't say that they want anything, so you just kind of have to go get it and hope that they hope that they like it or enjoy it. We're going to do that on the other side of the break. Stick with us. Stay on top of all Arkansas Razorback sports with a Digital Plus subscription on the Hogs Illustrated app. Get complete Razorbacks coverage in one location. Your subscription gives you 20-plus issues of Hogs Illustrated magazine, the most unique and compelling coverage anywhere in the state, plus total access to all the content on wholehogsports.com, including breaking news, commentaries, analysis, features, recruiting, award-winning photos, and premium message boards. Subscriptions start at just $17 per month. Join the Hog Sports Network team at subscribe.waco.com. That's subscribe.wehco.com. Or call 479-684-5509 to get your front row seat to Arkansas Razorback Sports. Go Hogs! Welcome back in to the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. Uh, e, Blake, y'all want to get some stuff off your chest? We'll do a little airing of grievances. Things that are just kind of bugging you about this team. And like, look, I don't want this to be like a huge Debbie Downer type podcast. But I do think that like there are some things that are probably bugging us about this team, obviously, because it's not a well-oiled machine far from it at this point. But I think everybody kind of sees things maybe like we all see kind of the similar like what's going on with this team, but maybe our um, aggravations or frustrations are a little bit different. I'll just I'll cede the floor to you since yeah. you're, you're ready to go. I have my one. This is like the one thing that I'm just like, just stop. If you're going to be worst in the league, like fouling, if you're going to foul 20 and a half times a game, knock out these technical fouls that all feel arrogant to me. Like the Devo one the other night was a little different. He looked like he was kind of trying to defend this guy. But so many of these technical, it's like this team plays with somewhat of an arrogance right now with some of these technicals that they get 
or like just kind of body language. It's like if you're going to be sitting at seven and four and you're already going to foul a lot, please knock off the technicals. Like, um, if you, you didn't like that tech from Devo the other day, I wasn't a fan. He was taken up for Kai. Well, I mean, let's be, it, it, it hurt, it hurt the Razorbacks long term, I believe. Um, like as far as both teams, wait, did, did both teams get free throws off that? I don't remember. I don't remember either off the top of my head, but I was I think I was so Owen McCormack and Makai Mitchell kind of got tangled up in the lane. McCormack but, ended up like grabbing or holding Kai's foot and making him fall. Kai gets up, steps to him like of course he would. Yeah. And then officials separate those two and then Devo gives him a like yeah. that's just I feel like that's him taking up for that his was, guy. I told you that one's a little bit different. Like I feel like in the grand No, the ones in the Bahamas, 100%. Like, yeah, I think that it's just in the, the technicals in in Tulsa. I didn't even, like, we were there, so it's hard to see exactly what's going on. All I know is that was way too many technicals for a game, and it was on both sides. Oh, you got some, too. All I'm trying to say is if you're going to foul as much as you do, let's, like, try and knock off, like, some of these technicals of acting, like, for some reason, like, you have the room to spare for them. Like, because right now, clearly, you don't. You can't not foul in the first place. So there's me airing out my grievance about fouling. And about technicals, I don't know how you would track who has the most technicals in the in the nation right now, but I just have a hunch that Arkansas would be right there at the top. I mean, two of the three that Arkansas got against Oklahoma were Eric's, and then the I mean, it was a double tech with Chandler Lawson. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to push back on on what you're saying at all because I think the ones in the Bahamas you got to get rid of those, like especially the one where you're, you're TB and you're just like toe kicking. Um, it was like, yeah, mine was, I'm trying to kind of put in a nutshell the the, the technicals. Yes. They bug me. And I'm mainly pointing at the Bahamas ones yeah. the ones that are like, they're just kind of arrogant, but it's like, even like just, there's like right now, for some reason, it feels to me like some sort of almost like arrogance about like, just like, I don't know. It's just not like playing or acting away in a situation. Like we're talking a meltdown late in the game. Like you're somehow some team that you aren't right now that has the room to do that. It's just. I'm not like in the like I, I I threw the technicals in there because it's like a very blatant thing I can point at because you shouldn't have this many technical fouls at this point of the season. I don't know how many it is, but it's just like oh, that's like I mean in a nutshell trying to say like just this team like has some sort of like characteristic about it right now where they act like they have like room to be and act a certain way that they they don't. So there we go. Like what's at the top of your list, buddy? Mine's mine's kind of in the same vein. I want to see them uh, exude a little more effort against the quote unquote bad teams or teams they should beat. They haven't really learned from that. Obviously, you know they did it against UNC Greensboro. They turned right around and did it against Stanford. Almost dropped that one. And I, I think they did it against Lipscomb the other night. It was as soon as they got that big lead, it was like they just kind of put it on cruise control and was, and they thought we don't really have to try anymore. And Lipscomb was kept playing basketball and Arkansas didn't, and they were they were honestly lucky lucky to get out of Simmons with a win. So I, w- I would just like to see, we've seen them play with a lot of effort. Obviously the Duke game, the Purdue exhibition, obviously it didn't count. We we've seen them play hard. I just want to see them do that consistently in every game against uh, quote unquote lesser opponents because that's going to happen in conference play too. I mean. Not everybody is Kentucky or Tennessee. They're going to have to get up for every game when it gets to conference play. 
It doesn't matter if you're playing a South Carolina or Vanderbilt. If they if they don't play with enough effort, they're going to get beat, and they're going to have. I mean, the Arkansas went eight and ten in conference last year, and that team made the Sweet Sixteen. It's like they're going to have to they're going to have to play with a lot more effort if they even want to go five hundred in conference play. I'm going to get a little bit specific with mine. Um, this number it's a number that I think y'all might be a little bit surprised by. Trevin Brazil is averaging six point seven field goal attempts per game. Who is who is the guy that is the most draftable on the team? It's TV, right? I mean, it's I think it's it's pretty clear cut. It's it's TV. Um, he needs he needs more than six point seven shots per game, and um, I wish he would. I, I I would like him to maybe weed out the hesitation to shoot the ball. From three, and we saw a lot of hesitation the other night. I think in in North Little Rock, and Arkansas. I don't like. I'm not. I don't think I'm ever going to be upset that Trevor Brazil Brazil shot the ball, and so I feel like he's just got to he's got to do it more. And I think that's. I think it's just kind of taken taken a little bit more control of of the offense because no, like I said, nobody in that building or Eric or anybody on that staff, probably nobody else on the floor is going to gripe about TB shooting. Um, and I asked Eric the other night, was like, hey, do you, a guy like TB in a game like this, what do you finish with, like six points, seven points the other night, regardless of what it was, that's, he needs to assert himself a little bit more. What else do y'all have? Yeah, um, I, I, I just feels like there needs to be like that guy who steps up and just kind of shows you that he can, I don't want to say take over a game because I don't think with a Eric like you like you like the balance like you don't really want just being dependent on like your Mason Jones year where it's just like all right Mason go get us a bucket and win the game like I but like you need that guy who's going to be consistent though like as far as like you know every single game what you're going to get from him and I agree with you there I like, like Trevor Brazil he's the one that was scratching like like lottery pick on a lot of drafts after the Duke game. Uh, mock drafts after the Duke game, and it's like, where is that right now? Um, you just kind of need that guy. I think right now, you, um, I don't want to call it an alpha problem. You need an alpha though. It feels yeah. like you need that. I you agree. need the guy. You need the guy who like the team knows without a doubt. Like, like they're like they're kind of the face of your team right now, and mm-hmm. it's just not really happening right there right now. I mean, Arkansas has. Tremont Mark averaging 16.1 points per game. They've got Caleb Battle 15.1, and these are two transfers you got out. You know, you're, you're Trevin Brazil's 37th in the SEC with 9.8 points per game, and I just think he's a better player than that. Um, and I don't want to, like – I'm not, like, pointing that out saying, like, oh, my goodness, like, you're having a bad year with him. It's almost like just, yeah, assert yourself more. It's like you see him and you're like, you're still good. Like, it's not like he's just – playing bad it's just not as assertive as you'd like him to be maybe be a little more uh, opportunistic of like just opportunities to go and get yourself a bucket going back to tb for a second he's taken more than 10 shots in a game twice all season those two games they got 10 plus shots were the two in the bahamas where he combined for 15 offensive rebounds against stanford and memphis and so if he's not offensive rebound, like we've got kind of a little, we've got a sample size here that shows if he's not going absolutely insane on the offensive glass, then he's not going to take 10 shots. 
a guy like TB, man, I think he's he's easily to me the most draftable guy on the team. And I think your most draftable guys, most pro pro potential type guys, they've got to be if they're not leading your team in shots, they've got to be they've got to be, damn, they got to be over 10, man. They got to be over 10. This team is really good in my opinion whenever TB is aggressive on the offensive glass and Chandler Lawson and him are both active on like on like it's weird because TB it, on the offensive glass, Chandler Lawson blocking shots and and boxing guys out and yeah. opening lanes for for guards. To it get feels in like if you day. don't like, kind of like the games that you're like oh like the ghost games of where were they? It's like like the, as far as the team you're saying like lips. It's like where were those guys? Kind of so yeah. I think Blake had a thought. Yeah, I think that uh, I think he still might be playing timidly because obviously he tore his ACL last year in what the sixth game and had to sit out the entire year. Then two weeks ago, he sprains his ankle. Yeah, I wonder how much that's hindering him right now. Yeah. He's just not saying it. And I think that's, that's probably causing him to play a little timidly because, you know, that gets in your head. You don't want to you don't want to play super aggressively and then possibly get hurt again. But if his ankle's bothering him, he shouldn't be in the game. And what I don't like, and you see this a lot, and – Musselman might not necessarily do this. Let's say he has a few bad games in a row, and then they come out and say, "Well, his ankle's been bothering him." Well, then, he, then he doesn't need to be in the in the game that much and let his ankle heal and let him get back to to full game speed. But I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see something. I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen, but you see that a lot. You know, it's like why is why is Trevin Bazil been playing so poorly? Well, his ankle's still bothering him. Okay, yeah. well then he shouldn't be out there. Yeah, I do think that. There are obviously bigger fish to fry than, like, down the line. You want him for, like Eric said before the season, we want him in March more than we want him in November or December. But I, th- I still think that you can take that catch-and-shoot right-wing three. <laughs> like, I think that that's why, – why not? Why can't you do that? Um, my next grievance, I've got – I think I've got two more. Um, Arkansas doesn't have one defensive stopper, let alone a tandem. And I think if there's anything that has bugged me maybe more than anything else, it's that, um, you know, Devo and Tremont Mark, I think there was some, there was a lot of talk in the preseason about, you know, their defensive potential um, as a group. But right now, like, I can't, I can't pinpoint to, um, I can't pinpoint guys and say that this is Arkansas's best defensive player. Like, I think Arkansas's best defensive player right now is Chandler Lawson. Um, And then there's even, there's even times where, like Ethan mentioned, where he's, you know, kind of been non-existent. Um, anything else y'all have before I get to my last one? Yeah, it still drives me insane seeing guys straight line to the, like, drive to the rim just off of, like, a ball screen or something. It's, like, too easy. I mean, Blake talked about it earlier, like, the flat-footedness and just, like, watch him go by. That happened a lot during the meltdown. Um, that meltdown that happened against Lipscomb, I mean, I don't have the exact number, but it just it felt like Lipscomb start like got going because guys were just getting to the rim whenever like whenever they wanted you got anything Blake you want me to get my last one yeah i was just going to say um it doesn't it also doesn't seem like this team is learning from their mistakes mm-hmm. and that's a perfect example of Lipscomb <laughs> Lipscomb getting to the rim at will Oklahoma just did that a week ago and you'd think Maybe they would work on something like that with a week to prepare, and then Lipscomb was just 
doing the exact same thing. And here's what's crazy about all of it. We had, I went back and had to look at it because their coach said it to me, and he was right. They had four freshmen on the court for a lot. Of, like, there, there's four freshmen on that court, and Arkansas's got all these older guys, and it's like, how are these freshmen just getting to the rim and your, your older guys who have been there? Like, it just seems like you would maybe have a little bit more, like, pride about, like, just your defense at that point. Um, that's what that's why, like, whenever we keep on bringing up, like, red flags, it's just, like, what's happening right now? I feel like that Lipscomb team got almost any shot that they wanted offensively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you just – if you put Arkansas – Arkansas's defense against a motion offense that continually moves and makes sorry Snoop makes Arkansas like fight over the top of ball screens and stuff. Um, I think they I think you can kind of you kind of get what you want and offensively. Here's, here's the thing though, like it goes back to what Blake said too though earlier about just how they handle adversity. If they just like we're, we're we have all these negative vibes around the game on Saturday cut the film at nine minutes left and you're saying what a like they played a great like finally played a good game it's just it's but that's the problem it's like you can't they they can't put together a 40 minute game right now and like gotta step up your defense over that 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 stretch where it all unraveled it's just how are you gonna how are you gonna respond the next time that a team goes on a run or like starts to go on runs um it's just that's what kind of if we're still airing out our grievances like this could be a totally different vibe to this podcast today if literally they just took care of like the last nine minutes. And we haven't even mentioned his name yet, which is kind of crazy. But Jalen Graham, I just felt yeah. like him, having him on the court might would have helped in those last nine minutes. I'm not going to sit here and question what Eric was doing in the game. It just felt like the guy was – I mean, if you're going through a scoring jout, Jalen Graham during that game was really doing like effective down low, getting into his spots and stuff. It just – I don't know. It felt like to me like maybe you need to insert him back in the game to help out with at least on the – I mean, if you aren't getting defensive stops, you're going to need to score. But, I mean, a 17-0 run, it's like 19-2, like you said. Um, overall, I mean, you need some offense then. Yeah. I think my last one, and I'm not like – I'm not trying to play coach here at all. And I'm kind of playing the result here too. Um, but I don't – I didn't get – starting Joseph Pinion the other day and then playing him two minutes. And, like, he checked out before the first media timeout and then didn't play again. And I wonder what that does for a guy's confidence. You know what I mean? Because he hasn't gotten, you know, much of a shot to to produce this year. I'm trying to pull up his game logs. I think he had played – see, yeah, he's down – he played two minutes the other day. The previous game against Oklahoma, he played five. So maybe that's why you gave him a little bit of run because he came in and he, he gave pretty good effort. Um, did not play against Duke or Furman. Um, and then he played five total minutes in the Bahamas, played three minutes against Greensboro, 13 against Alcorn State, eight against Gardner-Webb. Yeah. Um, so I, I really wonder where his, his confidence is right now. Um, and maybe you were just trying to give him a shot and be like, hey, go do what you can in these two minutes. But I'm not – and I, I – I'm not positive at this point, but I'm not sure the ball touched his it hands. It felt like, you know, in high school, whenever you have that senior who's not very good, but you play him on, you start him on senior night so they get their moment. It was like, is that all that you did is you just played Joe Pin? Like, did you just start because you're in Central Arkansas so we can get a big round of applause and then the moment that there's a chance to get him out of the game, you pull him? I just think that he's, he's you got to give like, a little bit more of a leash. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I didn't realize if he did something just egregiously wrong during that period. If he did, I mean, that's on me, not 
I mean, like, it, you got a two trillion. I mean, two minutes and and nothing after that. Yeah. So, it just it, it just you know you hate it for a guy's confidence, like what that has to do. Like you said, like um, you know, the last thing you want is your guys not being able to play freely. And I just feel like if you only play two minutes and you know you're getting like you get taken out for that, the next time you go in the game, you're just maybe overthinking a little bit. But you know, Eric Musselman, he's coached a lot of teams, so he has coached a lot of teams. Um, you want to hand out some gifts for this team? I'd see Blake's nodding his head like he really, really wants to pass out his gifts. What's, what you got? My idea was to give Musselman some electrodes, like some sticky electrodes, and, and it would be up to Eric like, where he puts them on the player's body. But you give him a remote that he can have on the sideline, and if they're if they're breaking down defensively and they're not giving that effort, you, sh- you zap them. And you can also control... Uh, the strength of the zap. So, you know, depending on the egregiousness of the air, a, a bigger zap. But it's a, it's a version therapy, so he wouldn't have to do that for the rest of the season. If he does it for long enough, the players would learn that when they make a mistake like that, they're going to get zapped, and then they just instinctively, you know, quit doing that to avoid the zap. All right. What you got, Edie? I'm gifting this team um, Moses Moody... I'm gifting them all. I'm gifting them Justin Smith. I'm just gifting them another. I'm just gifting them an old team that Merrick's had. I mean, I'm I'm really at that point right now where I'm just like I don't know what the fix is, man. Just I'm not seeing anything I've seen from the past. I'm just I'm. This is I mean a really depressing thing to gift them, but I'm just gifting them an, an, a another totally team. different roster, one of his old rosters. I'm gifting that. This is a gift from me to Eric. Um, this is me wrapping up. You know that twenty twenty one or twenty twenty one team, uh, and the twenty one twenty two team. No, the one before. I like the one before a little bit better. The one that played in the bubble. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. I really liked that team. It was the twenty twenty one team. The twenty twenty one team. Yes. Uh, I'm wrapping them up. I'm handing it to Eric and saying Merry Christmas. That's gonna be a big box, dude. I can't imagine shipping is gonna be outrageous. Yeah. My um my first gift is a chemistry set. We got to figure out like if they if they even like do these things go together, um, and then you got to figure out what doesn't go with what doesn't go with what, and then I figure you can probably find at least five elements that will go together without you know boiling over. You know what I mean? Um. My second gift, I bought a star, and I'm gifting it to them, and they can name it. I think you got to have a star on this team, man. And I think a couple of years ago when that J.D. Note, Jalen Williams-led team, um, when it really started to find out who it was, it was like we already knew that J.D. was kind of the lead guy, but Jalen Williams made his star turn, and I think that, that really kind of turned the tide for that team. And I'm kind of going to go in the same vein as as you gifting him an entire roster of guys. Um, you sending that in the shipping container or, or what? I mean, we're probably going to have to get a U-Haul and just and tell them all, yeah. like, hey, pack in there. Um, Jalen Williams is probably taking up a lot of space in there. Um, but I, I just would gift him that team. We'd, we'd take it. I We'd get the, the biggest U-Haul that we could and roll right up to Bud Walton and drop him off before conference play. 
my last gift, uh, uh, um, Blake, did you have anything else that you wanted to, to gift them, or was it just the, the shock collars, basically? Well, yeah, I mean, you could go uh, with a collar. That might kind of get in the way during the game. I was thinking, like, just the electrodes that you can just kind of stick anywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And it would be Eric's discretion where he puts them. Sure. Um, I mentioned mine's kind of similar to Ethan's, but not not exactly. Um, I have a refurbished L. Ellis that I would like to give the team. Um, he played like a minute the other day against Lipscomb. And I wrote before the season, and I think one of the big storylines before the season is like, hey, Arkansas, it looks like Arkansas has got his point guard with L. Understanding that he comes from a less than ideal situation at Louisville, um, I kind of thought that it might be able to coach maybe some coach some of the Louisville out of him. Um, he said all preseason he was ready to run the show. Um, I think I think you got to give him another shot. I mean, I think he's a he's a vet. Uh, he's been around the game before. He's, you know, the Louisville teams were not bad because of L. Um, it was a, like a an all encompassing lack of talent and probably leadership starting at the at the top. Um, Kenny Payne's not exactly killing it at Louisville. Um, I just think L. L's ready to – I think L in the preseason was ready to run the show. I think maybe he's – obviously he's been in timeout lately, but I think – and I've had the thought for a while, like if Arkansas is going to be the best version of itself, I think L's got to be um, at least some part of that. Mm -hmm. how, did I, how, how did I do? Can you rate my, my gifts? I think it's a Christmas to remember. There you go. I think Eric will be uh... – will be wishing us a happy new year after. I'm like one. at a one point five out of ten on, on Blake's. I think that could be that's dangerous. <laughs> it could it could be a low voltage shock. It doesn't have to, you know, incapacitate him. It's not like a taser. Okay. It's just it's just um it's painful enough that you don't want it to happen. Kinda like like the shock collars for dogs, like the invisible fence. Yeah. All right. There you go. What an episode. I don't know that we I expected us to to be here. Um, didn't expect Arkansas for sure to be seven and four. Arkansas does have a game on Thursday against Abilene Christian, and then Arkansas's got nine days between games um, before before the new year. They play UNC Wilmington, um, who Blake mentioned earlier has already beaten Kentucky. And I know that Kentucky has said that the reason that they pulled up their brand new floor was not because they lost to Wilmington, but I think that's uh, I think that's I'm calling cap on that one. Um, Kentucky is getting a brand new floor, and I think UNC Wilmington's got had something something to do with that. I mean, Probably. that's what the I think the the streets are saying that yeah. anyway. Yeah, that was. You got anything else before we get out of here? I feel like people have probably listened to this gripe for fifty eight minutes now. It's probably time yeah. to wrap it up. Um, I guess to end on a positive note. Oh, Talia Scott's oh, stat slash she's fact still, of the week. She's still number one in the SEC scoring. That I'll keep it nice and sweet. She's still leading the league in scoring after having – she only scored nine points, which, like, you have some people begging for nine points in a game, and she was really upset at herself. She still leads the league in scoring by a lot. Let me see where nine points would have landed the other day. Would have been um, tied for fourth on Arkansas's men's team. Yeah, she was – you know, you expect you, you, at this point you're with her. You're like, oh, you kind of expect 25 to 30. <laughs> yeah, she'll bounce back. There's yeah. no, there's no doubt so, about it. Yeah, they play in uh, Fort Myers or West Palm Beach. They played in Fort Myers previously. They play in a tournament in Florida 
the next uh, two days at play games at 10 a.m. against Illinois and UIC. So, yep. I mean, interesting week. Arkansas's men again on Thursday at home against Abilene Christian. They'll, I mean, that's that. We won't we won't talk about Abilene Christian. We need to get out of here. But um, lots of basketball this week. Um, basketball around Christmas time, I think, is 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 a lot. It's always a lot of fun. I mean, NFL kind of dominates this this time of the year. I feel like, but basketball is getting. As they say, it's getting cold outside, but the ba- the basketball inside is is really heating up. Yeah. I can't. That just made me want to vomit saying that. Well, I'm excited that the, about two more times from now, recording one of these, we'll be ready for conference play because conference basketball. I mean, sign me up every single. Yeah, two games. Yeah, two games a week is is going to do my soul pretty good instead of you know these stretches of three games in like twenty something days. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. We won't. I guess this will be the the last pod before Christmas. We'll probably try to record before Arkansas plays UNC Wilmington to close out the calendar year. Um, we're, we'll see. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting. Like we talked to Eric on on Wednesday. We've got an availability with him on Wednesday, um, and then Arkansas will play on Thursday. Going to be an interesting time. Like we, I'm sure we'll have some stuff to talk about again next week um, ahead of UNC Wilmington. We'll we'll do a little bit of a, a deeper dive on, on Arkansas's women's team and what's going on with them too next week. Uh, for Ethan Westerman and Blake Sutton, I'm Scotty Borderline. Thank you guys for listening in to the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. We'll see you again next week. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.